0: to be in the church of, of God, right? We're part of his kingdom, we're part of his, his church. It's so great to be, um, to be with the brothers and sisters in Christ, you know, to be part of this, this thing that was, that uh, kind of started out, you know, when Christ came and gave his life for us, this, this new thing that took place, and, uh, and we're all it. You know, when we talked about last time I was up here, I talked about being a children, children of God and what that means. And, uh, and if we have the spirit, we can be confident that we are children of God. And that's so good. You know, it's so good. We're all brothers and sisters in Christ. Um, I wanted to throw this out there too. This is a little uh, shameless plug for counterculture. I don't know if Jewel mentioned it, but we meet on, at 730 uh, on Friday nights. And it's a good thing. You know, it's a good time. We get together. uh, We do. We talk about different things uh, related to worldview. and, And our goal, ultimate goal, is that every bit of our lives would be lined up with God's Word. You know, our different thoughts, you know, sometimes we have thoughts that may not actually be in line with God's Word, but it's always how we've heard it kind of thing. So it's good. So we challenge one another and all that, if you can't make it out to that we have, Joel and I started a podcast, it's a Counterculture Catch-Up. So we can actually, you can actually go on, watch the video that we've, we've done, and then I would, I would encourage comments because that's what this is about. We're talking through things, you know, and, uh, and so we do that, it's about an hour long, and we just, we go over the things that we had gone over in the class. So I would encourage you guys, if, you know, if you, you, know, if you can bear hearing more of me speak, then, uh, you know, that would be, it's cool. So, you can go on YouTube, Freedom Church NJ, or uh, Apple, Google Podcasts, that kind of thing. So, um, so, yeah, that's a plug, but not for me, really, not for me, but for the, because I think it's so good for us to really be able to talk about the things of God and to grow in grace with one another, grow in his word and understand what he says about everything in our lives, because he says, he says stuff about everything in our lives. And so, so I just wanted to throw that out there. So today is 9-11, right? And I, I had battled with, oh, how do I, you know, I'm preaching on 9-11. How, how is this going to play in? And uh, I feel like the Lord had kind of um, really worked to, to bring an aspect of that in. And uh, so this is a 21-year anniversary. And we'll touch on this a bit, a little bit later on in a little more detail, but, but it's really like we, we, you know, a lot of you folks were, were watching that, you know, I watched it live and I remember watching the second plane fly into the building and I'm going, what is going on? This was a crazy time. we saw desolation and we saw, we just saw, um, like what can happen? You know in this world we can we can see those kind of things and we see all this stuff all over the place when we look in the Ukraine we see you know uh, war going on and we see we see hurts and we see pains and we see all of this stuff these difficult difficult times and we 're blessed because we live in a nation where we we're just not we don't see that very often you know there's a lot of places you can go where, where that stuff's happening all the time but praise God we live here um, so This kind of fits in, but we'll touch on it a little bit later, a little bit more with, with the message today. So the main passage for the message today that we're going to be working out of is Matthew 16, 13 through 20. Now, when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they said, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. He said to them, but who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter replied, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but the father who is in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter. And on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven and whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Then he strictly charged the disciples to tell no one that he was the Christ. All right, let's lift this up. Lord, I thank you so much for your word. I thank you that you haven't left us orphans, that you started this process. You gave your life for us. We could become children of God. We have your Holy Spirit leads us into all truth, comforts us, Lord, and we have an eternal hope in you. We have everything we need. You are so good. You're such a good father and such a a wonderful, um, wonderful king. You've made us heirs to your kingdom. It's so great. So praise you, Father. I thank you, and I pray, God, that you would help us to receive from your word what you would want us to receive today. And I pray that we can go out of here encouraged motivated and uh and in the power of your holy spirit and confidence in you so i praise you father and thank you and i i uh, just ask for your your blessing on this word that it would be um that i would get out of the way and that your word would do the work that it set out to do so i praise you father and thank you in the name of jesus amen all right so I want to touch on a little bit, and this isn't the main focus of this passage, but I think it's really pretty cool to go into a little bit of that, that portion there that when Jesus is saying, you know, um, uh, where he says, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter, you know, which is uh, Petra, or is it? Yeah, Petra, which is like rock. And on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven and whatever you bind on earth and you'll be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And I'm like, you know, I've heard this passage before a lot. And it's like, what in the world? You know, what could this be talking about? You know, cause you can go different directions with it, but I think it's pretty cool. So we can look at it. I think a couple different ways. Maybe there's other ways to look at it. I know I looked at it a couple different ways. One is, is Peter the rock that the church is built on? Or is it his profession of faith that the rock? that the church is built on. And I would say it's both. It's both. You know, The, the and, and uh, I'll explain it this way. And I, I did, did some reading and different commentaries. And, uh, but the church is not only built on the profession of, what, of his profession, right? We know that the church, the foundation of the church is, is that profession. You know, you are the Messiah. You are the son of the living God but also it's built on the authority of the, of the apostles. It's like you are what this, you're the one who's gonna have the keys of the kingdom of heaven. What you loose will be loose, what you bind will be bound. You know, And so, um, so he's speaking, but not only to Peter. He speaks later on in Matthew 18, 18. He says, I say to you, and he's talking to all the disciples. I say to you, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. So it suggests that it has to do not only with the profession, which is the foundation, but also the, the, the fact that Jesus has had set up these apostles to be the foundation of the church, to establish the, the rules necessary for the governance of the church of Jesus Christ. the rules of his kingdom, the keys of his kingdom are given to him, and not only to him but to the other apostles so and I bring that up because it's so cool to think the Lord is, it's like he was, he's doing a new thing. Here's the keys to the kingdom. This is my church. The gates of hell will not prevail against it. And so as the Holy Spirit worked through the apostles, he, he breathed into them this word that we have, this word of God that we can put our full trust in. We can trust it because it wasn't just some guys who said, I just want to write down what I saw Jesus doing. This, is, this was the, Jesus was giving them that charge. The other commentary says this, and further proof that the power of binding and loosing now conferred on Peter and afterward on all the apostles in Matthew 18, 18, included a power of declaring the laws of the gospel and the terms of salvation, as well as those acts of discipline, which Peter and his brethren performed as apostles a pretty cool thought. You know, it's pretty cool. And what it does, it it can bolster our trust in God's word. We can trust it because again, it wasn't just some guys writing stuff down. And and a lot of us, most of our Christian walk, I think, we're not not trusting, right? It's not a problem. But every once in a while, we run through times where these things are tested. And so when they're tested, we can look back and say, no, oh, I have confidence in this. This is okay. And we have that profession. And what is that profession? That Jesus is the Messiah, the Savior, who gave his life for us. He died for us, lived for us. Jesus is the Messiah, the one sent from the Father, who was equal with God but didn't see it that didn't, didn't use that to his benefit and gave his life. He bled and died to take away our sins. And he's the son of the living God. And so he's not only, it's not only a matter of, I believe that God is, but I believe that God is, um, uh, believe that God is, the verse is escaping me now. I like this. Yeah. (laughs) But, uh, But that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. He is working. He is active. He's living we have a living hope. We have a living relationship with God. You know, we're the church of God. This goes back to the being children of God, right? So we have the both. We have the apostle's authority, and then we have the profession of Jesus and the keys of the kingdom. The name of this message is new kingdom, new life, right? That's, um, I think that's what I named it anyway. It's different when you're up here, you know. It just feels different, but uh, but I'm grateful for for you guys because you are like you are my family, literally. You know, I really, really am so grateful to uh, to be. Just the Lord can use me to hopefully encourage people. That's the hope. But anyway, so, um, so but what I really want to talk about in this passage is I want to talk about this idea the statement that jesus said that the gates of hell will not prevail against the church of god so we can i think if we if we don't if we just read that right we can be like yeah all right but let's let's go through it a little bit cuz think about this what's a gate do does a gate take ground does a gate go out and take you know areas of and, and, and just start taking things over. A gate doesn't do that. A gate is, sits there. But what does a gate signify? A gate signifies a boundary line of ownership. I own this. I put my gate there. This is so cool. Satan has, and we'll go through it, Satan has property. He has property. But he can't stop the church of Christ. He cannot stop the working of the kingdom of God. He cannot stop it. The gates will not prevail against, the, against this message that we have, against the message of the kingdom. We can take that ground back. We can take it for Christ. So we'll get into a bit more of that. Last message, 9 o'clock service, I, I just was... I got so excited, I'm just like, forget my notes, I'm just going all over the place. So hopefully I'll try and keep it together a little bit for you guys. Um, so let's go through what this, you know, this idea of this, this, the world and, and, this, and Satan having some, some area of authority in this world or, or domain, uh, realm of the devil. Ephesians 2, 1 through 7, and I have a ton of scripture, a ton of scripture. I'd rather have the word of God say, what it says, then then you don't want to hear me. You want to hear the word of God. That's it. Um, So let's, let's do that. Ephesians 2, 1 through 7. And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind and we're by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. So there's a prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience. 2 Corinthians 4.4, In their case, the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. And 1 John 5.19, We know that we are from God, and the whole world lies in the power of the evil one. So there's some aspect of dominion. There are gates. He set up areas. He owns something. He owns it. Well, sort of. Jesus, <laughs> right, for the moment. But that's not the end of it. So we have an enemy, right, that prowls like a roaring lion. But we have victory through the work of Christ. Christ. You know, so Hebrews 2.14, Since therefore the children share in flesh and blood, he himself likewise partook of the same things, that through death he might destroy the one who has the power of death, that is, the devil. 1 John 3.8, Whoever makes a practice of sinning is of the devil, for the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. This is good. It's a good word. But there is a reality to that spiritual stuff that's going on out there. And Satan has some territory. But Jesus came to destroy that work. We're safe in Christ. We're protected in Christ. First John five eighteen. This is so cool. We know that everyone who has been born of God does not keep on sinning, but he who was born of God protects him. That he is Jesus. He who was born of God protects him and the evil one does not touch him. The evil one has no power over the church of Jesus Christ. He has no power over the kingdom of God. There is no power there that cannot prevail. If we come against it, if we come against the gates of hell, they fall. When I I got saved, Satan had territory. When Christ came in, and gave me new life, and I became a child of him when I received the Holy Spirit and gave my life to him, those gates that Satan put around that territory fell down. I am his now. That belongs to Jesus. That's part of his kingdom now. Every single person that has given their life to Christ, those gates have been torn down. That territory doesn't belong to the enemy anymore. It belongs to Christ. He is reigning. This is so good, so good. Satan has some power over the sons of disobedience. He blinds, he deceives, he snatches up the word, he accuses, he's a liar, he steals, kills, and destroys. But what does Jesus say? I have come that you may have life, right? And have it abundantly. So he is at work in the world, but he has no power over the kingdom of Christ. Um yeah, I'll get into that after. <clears throat> so Jesus, actually, did we go through Ah, oh, no, not yet. Sorry. This is where my notes got messed up. Has ever happened to you? <laughs> I'm like, "Wait, go back to. I didn't even go there yet." Um You're right. <laughs> all messed up. Um so here's another aspect. This is so cool. This is a verse that I, that I really, really um, like. And it says a lot. And it's Luke eleven fourteen 14 through 23. Now he was casting out a demon that was mute. When the demon had gone out, the mute man spoke and the people marveled. But some of them said he casts out demons by Beelzebul, the prince of demons, while others to test him, kept seeking from him a sign from heaven. But he, knowing their thoughts, said to them, Every kingdom divided against itself is laid waste and a divided household falls. And if Satan also is divided against himself, how will his kingdom stand? For you say that I cast out demons by Beelzebub, And if I cast out demons by Beelzebul, why, by whom do your sons cast them out? I love that personally. Jesus is so, I like how he just shuts everybody down, you know? It's like, come on, answer me this. <laughs> you know, and, uh, and therefore... They will be your judges. But if it is by the finger of God that I cast out demons, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. When a strong man, fully armed, guards his own palace, his goods are safe. But when one stronger than he attacks him and overcomes him, he takes away his armor in which he trusted and divides his spoil. Whoever is not with me is against me, and whoever does not gather with me scatters. What an awesome statement. it goes right back to what you were saying up here, you know, dividing the spoils. It's like, so it's so cool because we can, I want to get into this a little bit. The understanding is the kingdom of God here. Is it here now? Like we can, you know, we can be looking way ahead and say, well, that kingdom's going to come but I think it's here based on the scripture. And that scripture says it right there because Jesus was casting out demons by the Holy Spirit. And if I cast out this demon by the Holy Spirit, then the kingdom of God is in your midst. It's happening now. He came when he died and he rose from the dead. His kingdom was established. Said, it is finished. All authority has been given unto me. That's, that's awesome. awesome. That's awesome. And we're part of that. Like this, I, I saw this message. I'm going to fall down. Um, I saw this message as like like a message of encouragement for the body. Like to get this kind of like, okay, you know that we are the children of God. We're part of this kingdom. This kingdom is everlasting kingdom that the gates of hell can't prevail against any of it. And we can go out in power and confidence with the message of the gospel. We can change. We can take territory for for, for the kingdom of God? And then, like, okay, so after that, then we get into the teaching and, you know, and all that stuff. But we need these kind of messages, right? To go, all right, this is who we are in Christ. Let's go do this. All right, what do we do? You know, so this church, right? that's what we're supposed to do. Um, not just hype, but good learning. So... We do see outside, like when we, look, when we look around, we can look and we can see a lot of, a lot of very difficult things. We see um, Christians being attacked in our country now, you know, truth being attacked. We can see, uh, we see wars, we see all kinds of difficult things. And we can, we can get anxious, I think, if that's our focus if we're not walking by faith. So scripture says walk by faith, not by sight. But faith, if it's not faith in anything, faith is silly. You know, you see like these things, you know, um, uh, you know, have faith or something. And it's like, well, have faith in what? You know, faith all by itself means nothing. It's faith in the thing that makes the difference. And we can have faith in the almighty God, the creator of heaven and earth, we are his children. We belong to him. His, he is powerful. He's sitting on his throne reigning right now. We can have faith in that. So we need to fix our eyes on those things. And we read the scripture. Um, we need to set our, set our minds on the things above. We'll get to that. But set our minds on things above, not on things of this world. Why? Because that's where, like, that's where the reality is. That's the reality of who we are. That's the reality of who he is. That's the reality of what's going on in this world. We have a part to play in bringing and and spreading the kingdom. Um, So there's some verses here. So Luke 17, 20 through 21, being asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, he answered them, the kingdom of God is not coming in ways that can be observed, nor will they say, look, here it is or there. For behold, the kingdom of God is in the midst of you. You know, it's not a militant, let's go take over. Let's go, let's go tear down Islam, you know, kind of idea. It's not that. It's a continual growth and that continual tearing down of the gates of hell, that advancement. And how does that work? This is so cool. There's so many like when Jesus talks about the parables of you know the kingdom of heaven is like this, you know kingdom of heaven is like leaven that that leavens the whole lump. What a great like idea! It's like it starts small, it starts small, but it just continues to grow until the whole thing is leavened. How awesome is that? But how does that happen? Does that happen from us going out with our with our banners and Let's, you know go attack this? This, uh, this evil world and tear it down. No, it's God working in us to will and to do of his good pleasure. It's his spirit growing up in us that we're bearing fruit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. Like we have this when we go into the world with this power, this message, and it's not only that what Jesus is doing, what the Holy Spirit's doing in us that affects, but we're called to preach. We're called to make disciples, teaching them everything that he has taught us. That's what we're called to do. How are they going to hear without a preacher? You know, so this idea of like, well, I'll just live, you know, nice and, and yeah, that'll have some effect, right? I, it's not bad. I mean, you're living a good life and people may see that and say, wow, you know, what's going on in your life? We have to be bold to say, this is what's going on in my life. This is the message of the kingdom. This is is what God is doing. And when we do that, that's like the leaven going and and, uh, filling up the whole lump. It's us living for the Lord, focused on him, walking in the spirit, walking in the light, doing all the things we're supposed to do, following the rules of the kingdom, and then he advances, and we advance against those gates. We see lives changed. We see him take ground. It's so good. It's so good. Are you encouraged? or is... <laughs> No? I am. I'm encouraged. But it's not a militant thing. But we are in the kingdom now. Colossians 1.13, he has delivered us from the domain of darkness. Notice past tense and transferred us to the kingdom of, of his beloved son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. He's at work in this world. The, the enemy is at work in this world, but he has no power over the kingdom of Christ. So, what's, uh, to go back to Luke eleven fourteen 14 through 22, when, it, when Jesus is talking about this in verse 20, what was it, 21, I think. Uh, It says, when a strong man, fully armed, guards his own palace, his goods are safe. But when one stronger than he attacks him and overcomes him, he takes away his armor in which he trusted and divides his spoil. The one stronger than the strong man has come. That's Jesus. He is the strong one who has bound the enemy. The enemy can do nothing to stop the spread of the gospel, he can do nothing to stop the working of the kingdom of God to take ground for his kingdom. He can do nothing. It's impossible. How cool is that? Uh, if we just live it. Um, so Ephesians 1, one twenty through 21, that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly places. Far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and above every name that is named not only in this age, but also in the one to come. Colossians 3.1, if then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. 1 Corinthians 15.25, for he must reign until he has put all his enemies under his feet. Is he reigning now? Is he seated at the right hand of the Father now? Then we're called to be part of this kingdom that is placing all of his enemies under his feet. God is placing all his enemies under his feet. We're active in this. This is who we are. It's not just, hey, let's go to church. Man, you are a member of the kingdom of God. It's so good. So good. And it's so cool, too, because I love this. In Psalm 110, 1 through 2, the Lord says to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. The Lord sends forth from Zion your mighty scepter. Rule in the midst of your enemies. It may not look like Jesus is ruling and reigning. We may not see the kingdom because it's not something that has, you know, like he said to the, to the, to the uh, Pharisees, that it's, it's in the midst. We, we can see the growth, maybe, but we can... Um, But he is ruling. It says rule in the midst of your enemies. His enemies are there. Doesn't mean he's not in control. and He's not ruling. But it's our job as the kingdom, as the people in his kingdom, as heirs of the kingdom, as ones filled with the spirit, given new life in him to be, to do what we're supposed to do to advance the kingdom. That's our job. You know, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them, you know, teaching them. Like that's us doing our job so that we can see this culmination of the kingdom of God come. So we can get, we can get discouraged. You know, we can look around and see things are falling apart. But man, that's not where we're supposed to be looking. We can look up. And remember, in faith, does he reign? Is he seated? We, we can be encouraged as, our, as the church. We can fix our eyes on him and not on the ro- world and believe in faith that he's in control and he is reigning. And the church is prevailing. The church is prevailing. It can't, it can't not. It can not not can not not. So... So here's another, and this goes back to some, uh, the subjection, right? Things are being placed under his feet. Um, Hebrews 2, 5 through 9, for it is, it was not to the angels that God subjected the world to come, of which we are speaking. It has been testified somewhere. What is man that you are mindful of him, or the son of man that you care for him? You made him for a little while lower than the angels. You have crowned him with glory and honor, putting everything in subjection under his feet. Now, in putting everything in subjection to him, he left nothing outside his control. At present, we do not yet see everything in subjection to him. We don't. But we see him for a little while was made lower than the angels, namely Jesus, crowned with glory and honor because of the suffering of death, so that by the grace of God, he might taste death for everyone. And that's the message of the kingdom. Ephesians 2, 1 through 7, and you were dead in, did I read that already? Uh, Trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, and we'll go down to um, a little bit further on. And by grace you have been saved and and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness toward us. In Christ Jesus, He is He is seated at the right hand of the Father now. We can be encouraged. Now this goes back to the, um, the rules, right? You know, we have our apostles, the apostles who who were divvying out the the uh, the instructions by Christ. And these are rules of the kingdom, and so there are rules to the kingdom, right? And uh, this is not going to touch on every one of them, but you'll have to come next week to hear more rules <laughs> of the kingdom, because that's what it is. You come to church to hear how to live in the kingdom of God. Um, but these are, but but we have that, and it is the Word. We have the Word of God. It's filled with the rules for us as kingdom members. And what's cool is this: we're not just servants in the kingdom. We're not just subjects in the kingdom but we are children of the king. We are royalty in the kingdom. That's so good. It's so encouraging. We belong to him. Um, Colossians 3, 5 through 17, rules of the kingdom. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry, Scythian, slave, or free, but Christ is all and in all. We have put on the new self, new kingdom, new you. Christ came, he did his the beginning work, established his authority, and we're made new because of it. We're new creations created in Christ Jesus to do good works. And then in verse 12, put on then as God's chosen ones, holy, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God, the Father through him. And then to go back, Colossians 3, 1 through 4, if then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of the Father, Set your mind on these things that are above, not on the things that are on the earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ who is your life appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. We've been raised with Christ. We can be thankful. We need to let the word of God dwell in us richly. You know, I, I think about, like, I didn't know much about King or, uh, Queen Elizabeth. But as I'm starting to, you know, now that she passed away, I'm starting to, you know, hear some stuff about her and and what the what the United Kingdom really is like, what 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 that's all about, and what her position in that was. And it wasn't a position of rules. She didn't have any power. She didn't do anything. She just was a representative of the foundational principles of the, the United Kingdom. That's what she represented. When during wartime, during difficult times, she would come up and she would speak and encourage the people and bring them back to, hey, remember who you are. Remember, even though we had some bad stuff in the past, you know, there was some, there's always some bad stuff back there. But the principles, those Judeo-Christian principles, which we inherited from England, are good, and this is who we are. And that's what she would come out and do. She would encourage her people. That was her job. She was a representative. That's our job. We're representatives of the kingdom of God. We need to represent that. We need to wear that. And this goes back. This is something that we'll have to touch on, maybe a counterculture. But uh, when... When, uh, you know, when we, when we read the Ten Commandments, you know, and it talks about, do not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. You know, that, that always kind of sat. Like, it never made sense to me, kind of. You know, like that understanding of, well, I just can't curse kind of thing. But that's so much more than that. We take the name of our king. We take the name of Jesus. We say, I belong to him. Am I representing him, or am I taking that vainly? Am I just carrying that name around? Like, it, it doesn't mean anything to me. You know, we are representatives of the king. We're representatives of the kingdom. We need to not be afraid to stand on truth, to be encouraged to go and speak the truth in love, To go and bring the message of the kingdom to the lost world. People who are behind the gates, people who are behind the gates of hell. We can go knock those gates down. And it's guaranteed. (laughs) This is not like a Mike Lindell guarantee. This is guaranteed, man. It's not a 30 day thing. But uh, so be encouraged. So if we look past the carnage and destruction that we see around us, which is there, let's not be encouraged. Walk by faith, not by sight. What has overcome the world? Even our faith. And faith in what? Who he is and what he's done. Who we are in his kingdom. That Jesus has paid the price for us to become children of God, not subjects in his kingdom, but heirs, a kingdom of kings and priests, where or royalty that Jesus is reigning in the midst of his enemies, he is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he said on the cross, it is finished. His work, the work that had to be laid so that his kingdom could go and move, move forward and come against those gates of hell that can't prevail, was done. We have our orders, we go and make disciples, baptizing them, teaching them the words of Christ, our King. That's what we're called to do. That's who we are. This is why it's real. This is real. Christianity is real. And I know you guys believe that. You know, I don't mean to say it over and over again, but that's kind of my job um, to remind people. So, um, but it's the, the reality of the life of who we are in Christ. If we represent him and we claim the, that mantle of Christianity, our Let's not bear that vainly. Let's walk in the rules of the kingdom, you know, and that's all laid out for us in the word of God. So, all right, I guess they're coming up to do a a word or a song. And uh, so we get out a little early. Huh, that's terrible. But uh, all right, well, let's lift this up, huh? Lord God, I just praise you, almighty God, you are... You are so good, so gracious. And I pray God that we can we can really get a hold of who you are and who we are. And that we can really get a hold of the work that you wanna do in us. And that we can get a hold of the importance of us drawing near to you, of us seeking with our whole hearts, seeking you allowing you to work in us work those those works of the flesh out that we could bear the fruit of the spirit that we can take the ground back and take the ground that uh, that 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 territory that Satan has right now and that your kingdom would just <laughs> would just go and we would we would do our part in what we're supposed to do so I praise you, Father. I thank you, and I pray that you would you would uh, bless this body, and that we would be Almighty in spirit, for your glory and your uh, your pleasure, Lord. In the name of Jesus, Amen.